Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Into the Furnace, talking about Liberty Men's basketball team. Uh, tonight we have myself, James Knuckles. We also have Ryan Mudd. Our uh, Twitters are James-Knuckles and Ryan, what's your, what's your Twitter? I'm on Twitter. I'm at Liberty Flames Ryan. Uh, you can find uh, my handle is uh, Ryan Flames Fan, um, but it's spelled L B R T Y Flames Ryan. Uh, awesome. And then we also have a special guest for a quick segment tonight. Uh, he's also part of the Flamesville group. His name is Ben Reynolds. You may know him through his various Twitter accounts, but his name one is main one is the Fan the Flames Football Podcast account. So. Glad to have you on tonight, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I guess right now I'll just take it away yeah. with, uh, um, you know, so this is something that we've kept under the wraps for a little while. Um, we've been talking about this since like ugh, October, yeah. uh, September. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been into uh, September, early October. Yeah, yeah. We've been having talks and we're kind of like joking. And then um, <laughs> after, I think it was after the Virginia Tech game, we're like, dude, let's do it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so we are now doing this, and I've kept it very quiet. I've went on my recruiting trail, um, and I'm not talking about my recruiting podcast that I'll be releasing out here soon. Um, and we were able to reach out to Ryan, uh, a couple other members uh, from the Twitterverse um, are joining us, and some other friends as well. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get this started. Um, just for anybody uh, who's like, where the heck's fan the flames? I mean, there's, I've had messages like, and I'm like, listen guys, like, it's no, it's not really football. So I'm trying to take a little exactly. breather here. And w- when spring comes around, I'll be going after it again. Yep. But, uh, my recruiting podcast from the signing day, I know it's, I mean, it's kind of like basically a whole month after, uh, February signing day, but, uh, we'll be having, um, Avery and I, which you guys probably heard the December podcast where we had the recruiting, we'll be having a episode coming out soon after the launch of this website that we have. It's not just a website, but it's also a podcast collaboration. Kyle Griesinger is running it. You guys know him as Liberty Mount Views. He's one of our good friends and podcast mates, plus Jeremiah Flincham, who apparently um, couldn't make it tonight. Um, so I have to shout him out. And then yep. there's others as well. Uh, uh, but I'm kind of keeping a secret right now until we, they start releasing articles. But Ryan's no longer a secret. So we're happy to have him a part of the team. But, uh, yeah, so it will be called the Hype Meter. These next couple episodes, will be, which will be with Avery, um, great friend. And we'll be having a signing day of high school and JUCO recruits. And then we'll also be having an episode on all the transfer portal guys that we didn't cover in the first uh, recruiting episode. So two different episodes, be on the lookout for that in depth. Avery basically carries me both. I mean, this, we haven't recorded the second one, but he carried me this time. I just haven't had a lot of time. And he's like texting me every day. He's like, dude, do you watch film? Did you watch film? Dude, I've watched like three different games of this recruit. I'm like, dude, I just don't have the time right now. <laughs> and so I w- I'm relying on you, bro. And Avery, yeah. I'm so thankful for him. He's been not only just um, like James and Jeremiah and Kyle, but not only a good friend to work along with, but like a good friend in the personal life. And that's what Flamesville is going to be about. We're trying to build up um, and shout out to inspirations like, you know, Flame Central um, and the whole media team we got at LFSN. And then also Sea of Red um, Mm -hmm. for making um, us just be inspired and wanting to do this. And, um, like you know shout out to chad and 
of course, uh, the great John Manson. So absolutely, uh, that's my whole spiel. Um, you guys take it away. Um, I'm excited to be a part of this first episode. Yeah, um, but not really. This is all I had to say. So, awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome. real quick, uh, just want to shout out Ben one last time. So the reason he's been so busy is because he started a new job. Um, so props to, congrats on that, and glad to have you on for a little bit. So really, let let's jump into this podcast. Like Absolutely. we want to talk about what we are. So this is this is a Liberty Flames basketball podcast, just like Fan the Flames football podcast. We are a basketball podcast for Liberty Flames basketball. Um, so that's what we're going to get into. That's that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to, as Ben's doing with football, talk about recruiting. Like we're going to at the end of the season, we're going to do more of a generalized because we're starting late. We're going to talk about the tournament today. Uh, and then in the next few episodes, we're going to talk about team superlatives, um, just awards for this year, and then dig into recruiting and uh, summer summer camp and uh, fall camp as we get into the season. So this will be a year-round thing as well, um, sort of similar to Fan the Flames football. So, yeah, so jumping into today, uh, we're going to first recap our big win yesterday over Bellarmine. Uh, the final score was 76 to 58, I believe. 76 56. Um, 76 56. Okay, so. 20 point win. Yeah, 20.1, win, absolutely. So, what are, your, what are your thoughts on that first off, Ryan? Well, I think first off, we have to acknowledge Darius McGee in the first half. Like, oh my Darius gosh. McGee is the reason you win that game. He goes off for nine threes in the first half. Uh, they came out. They didn't want a repeat of last season. Darius McGee came out with a different fire. He's not going home this season. In the, in the A-Sun tournament, that is. We'll see how far we can get in the NCAA tournament. Darius McGee did not want to go home, and he came out and he showed that fire right away, and it bled into the rest of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Darius McGee's final stat line for the game was 29 points. He was 9 for 14 from three-point range. He had six assists and one rebound. Um, shooting lights out, which 9 for 14 from three is insane. If I'm um, not mistaken, all nine of those were in the first half. No, he made one in the second half. He had 26 points uh, yeah. in the first half, and he got that ninth in the second half because going into half, he had eight of his nine three-pointers. Yep. So absolutely insane. Um, but the thing is, like, as much as Darius, like, got us way ahead in the first half, like, he didn't do a ton of scoring in the second half. A lot of the scoring no, was done by other guys. The, the whole team stepped up, and I love how you're getting the whole team involved there, like especially at the end. Like that's not a – I think this is going to play big into our game coming up against Eastern Kentucky is you were able to rest guys, and you played um, McKay. You played um, Stephen Burgraff. Those guys were getting minutes. Those guys were getting time. Uh, I'm looking here – Darius obviously led the scoring with 29. Colin Porter had 11 points. He played yeah. a great game. Uh, he was 0 for 4 from 3, but he played a great game. He was 4 for 10 from the field, uh, 3 for 3 from the line, added yeah. 4 rebounds. It's a good game for me. From the true freshman, uh, I believe he's 18 years old, yeah. you can have that true freshman come out and play like that in a tournament game that as a backup to McGee. 
uh, that's a great recipe for success. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, like, he's 18 years old. Like, he should be a senior in high school, but he reclassified to be here this year. And for him to exactly. be doing that, like, yes, he's had some some bad games here and there this season, but, like, for him to consistently give us those minutes. And honestly, the biggest thing with him is, like, he takes some of that on-ball pressure away from Darius. I think he does, la- absolutely. I, I think last I- year – he got Darius got tired and he couldn't do it during the tournament because he he was carrying us. He had like five games over forty points last year. He was averaging mm-hmm. twenty four and a half, and this year he's averaging like I think it's nineteen and a half or it, it's it's right around that nineteen twenty point uh, game mark. So like he's he's not having to score as much, but that's a lot of him to work on those things that the that some scouts were saying he needed to for the NBA. So it's, we've seen his development on the defensive end and his, and on the passing end. So um, having him not have to be the only guy has been awesome. Cause even Brody stepped up in games this year in bigger ways than he did last year. Oh, I, I agree. And uh, I've said going into this year uh, or the middle of this year, Colin Porter is much more of a true point guard than Darius McGee. And when oh, yeah. last year you were running Darius McGee, he played primarily point guard last year and he did get tired and it uh, led to that loss. I mean, going back to that loss against Bellarmine in the tournament last year, that was an unfortunate game. I think that was the culmination of like Darius was carrying the entire team last year and there was, he had no help. Um, Brody Peebles had a great game in that game in the tournament last year. Uh, But yeah, Darius had no help this last year. Colin Porter has taken so much of that load and allowed Darius to play more of his true position, which is more of a shooting guard than a point guard. He's definitely a two guard. Um, uh, Something that a lot of Liberty fans I don't think know still is that Darius was nursing an ankle injury all last year. After every game last year, he did an hour of therapy so that he could play the next game. His ankle was not 100% the whole year, and he still had that insane year. Um, So... Like, I think this year having that balance where Collins taking some of the on-ball pressure, Brody for a lot of the years shot better. He's been in a slump the last few games, which is something that I wanted to talk about a little bit. But, like, overall, he's been a lot better this year as a secondary scorer. Um, and then we've had big games from Kyle and Shiloh. And my most improved, like, my, my favorite player who's proved so much this year is Blake. Blake is oh, an Blake is an animal down low, and I love watching Absolutely. him play. Like, and his body transformation from the there's been a picture floating around of him and Darius when they came in as uh, as recruits, and they were like both of them were sticks, and Darius is still mm-hmm. small, but he's got muscle. But Blake is legitimately like fifty or sixty pounds heavier because he has that much more muscle, and this year it's showing in the fact like he's getting aggressive and he is scoring points. I like, love the way he plays. I, I was saying to my friends yesterday at the game, he's my favorite player on the team. I love the way he demands the ball down low and can get you those points, and he will get you rebounds, and it's just a very reliable type of player. Yeah. Like, Queens last week, when when Darius didn't have any points in the first half, the reason that Liberty was up at halftime is because Blake went on a 10 nothing run himself. Absolutely. Queens scored two points in the time that he scored 10 by himself. Mm-hmm. And that's like huge because we didn't have, like since Scotty, we hadn't had a big guy that could do that until this year when Blake developed into that. So I love it. Um, I, I love it. So, yeah. yeah. I, you mentioned Brody Peebles. He, I think he was playing well. Uh, 
he had four points last night. His minutes yeah. have gone down quite a bit, and I'm not 100% sure why. He had 18 minutes last night. Um, yeah, that's that's back up to where it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was down for a while. They were playing a lot more. Uh, Colin was almost up to 30 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and looking I, at, uh, I'm looking at the Kennesaw game that we lost, just going back. Uh, Brody played 11 minutes. Colin yeah. played for 30 minutes in that game. Yeah. Uh, in that game, Brody went for 11 minutes, two points on one for five from the field. So, yeah. Uh, and over three from three. Yeah, it looks like they've adjusted that back. Like last night, it was 22 for Colin and uh, 18 for Brody, which I think that's a good balance because what I love I what I love that Brody gives you is that, like, even if he's not confident from the three all the time, He's such a good three-point shooter that they that teams have to respect oh, that, yeah, and sure. he's so good at pump faking and going down and driving and drawing a foul. I th- I agree. I think next year when you lose Darius, your shooter is not going to be Colin Porter. It's going to have to be Brody Peebles, yeah. and I think he's definitely matured a lot more this year than last year. Yeah. Last year, going back to the tournament last year against Bellarmine, he was the reason you were in that game at mm-hmm. halftime. They, obviously, they went on to lose that game, but you went on like a – I believe it was like a 24 to four run going into halftime of the tournament last year. And that was a hundred percent because of Brody. Peebles. Oh, yeah. I was a little disappointed to see his minutes go down this year. Cause I think he is a great shooter and he's going to have to be the next, uh, essentially the next man up next season when you lose dairy. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'll say this, I think there's another guy coming in that may fill that role better than Brody, but we'll get into that into a later episode when we're talking about our recruits. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Brody's gonna have to take some of that weight for sure. He like he stepped up at the beginning of this year, and he's gonna have to be able to get back into that groove. I think he can because he is a very good scorer. Like you don't score, Absolutely. you don't score as many points as he was in high school without being a good scorer. And that's the same thing with JV. J, a lot of people don't know, but JV was scoring over twenty a, a, a game in in high school. I think JV who's hit some threes this year is gonna get more confidence from there. Like he hit again, he hit a three last night. Um, he flies under the radar a lot. Like when we he talk does. about like best players, uh, JV is very underrated. Like yeah. he, he's a consistent starter. He gives you very consistent minutes. Yep. Uh, you know what you're going to get from him. And he, uh, people, he doesn't get the appreciation I think he deserves. Yeah. Well, and then look at this. Like last year he was averaging like a little over two a game. And this year he's over five. So he's increased his scoring. But like the main thing that he gives you is that defensive prowess. Like, Oh, absolutely. I, I love Cuffy, but I, I've already told, and I've told JV this and I've even told Cuffy this. It's like Cuffy was, is a fan, was a fantastic defender at his time at Liberty. But as a freshman, JV was better than Cuffy. Mm-hmm. As a sophomore, JV was better than Cuffy. Like I think JV in the time that when he leaves will be the best defender we've ever seen overall. Because I agree. I think the best on ball defender, I think Cuffy still has him on on ball. I think JV's just better overall. I think the best on ball defender we have right now is Isaiah Warfield. Zay oh, on yeah. ball is unreal. When somebody when somebody ISOs on Isaiah Warfield, they are like they'll score here and there. If like say Justin Betts, he had a couple fadeaway uh mm-hmm. mid range, but like those aren't going in all the time. He he took eight of those shots and made two of them last night. Those aren't going to go in all the time. So, like, thing is, we saw it with with Zay and that block um, a couple weeks ago. Like, he literally just locked his man up and snatched it out mm-hmm. of the air and said, "Nah, this is this is not happening." Right at the end of the half. So, yeah, I, I agree. And if you look at his stat line, obviously the offense is. He's, he gave you seven points last night, which is solid, but he did add three steals to that. So his defense is what you get from uh, 
that standpoint. That's again, we're this roster is so deep. Like yeah. from top to bottom, you're getting players that can produce. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to address the whole debate with ASORS. Like, is this the best team we've ever seen? Um, I, I saw both teams firsthand a lot. Um, I did not. So, so. Uh, the <laughs> listeners might might not know. You might know if you follow me on Twitter. I'm I'm a current Liberty student. I've no. Uh, yeah, the first time I ever heard of Liberty University was the tournament win against Mississippi State in 2019. Okay. It was what inspired me to look into what Liberty University is, and obviously I fell in love with this university, and now I'm here talking about it on this podcast and talking about sports. So I have not seen a lot of Liberty University teams uh, last year and this year. It was the uh, teams that I've followed the most. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, even from last year to this year, like I said, this is such a oh, deep yeah. roster, like from top to bottom, you're getting scorers, you're getting players that add defense and it's just a great, ba- it's great basketball to watch all overall great basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So from my perspective, having seen both, it's like, there's two main differences. That mm-hmm. team in 2019, 2020, that didn't go to the tournament because of COVID. That, that they, I, I watched the they team. Had, that, yeah, that was a good team. They had the Best core six I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They had six players that could give it to that that could take over a game in any minute because that was Darius's sophomore year. That was Scotty when he was scoring. I think that year he's scoring eleven, and Caleb was scoring seventeen, and Georgie was scoring nine or ten, and Maya was coming off the bench and giving you eight or nine, and 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 Cuffy was scoring eight or nine shooting threes. And it's like they had the best six that I've seen, but they didn't have any, like Kyle and Shiloh were there, but they were freshmen and they weren't at the same level they are now. Mm -hmm. They weren't as deep as this team because this team has, has a freshman starter, obviously in Colin Porter. We've got a sophomore starter, a, and then three senior starters. Um, Mm -hmm. And we don't know if Blake and Kyle are coming back yet. Um, But like we have three guys that are, three senior starters. And then we have a freshman coming off the bench that gets 10 minutes a game. We have another senior coming off the bench that gets 20, another sophomore that's getting uh, two more sophomores that are getting 20 a game. Cause Zay's a redshirt sophomore. It's like, like we have yeah. guys that are getting more minutes than that team ever did. We are deeper this year. And I think in that aspect, that makes this team a little bit better just because like, if somebody's in foul trouble, we have somebody else that's played a lot of minutes that can go in and give us more minutes. I still I, – I, I can't determine myself which team is better because the six guys in 2019-2020 were great. But this team is so deep and I'm – like if, if we I get to – I think this team can make a run. I, I, I agree. I think this team can make a run. Like the, yeah. the team is deep enough. You get a 12 seed. Like obviously you got to win two more games in the eighth exactly. against teams that both games are going to be have to be against teams that you've lost to. But you got to win two more games in the eighth round. I think if you get – a good draw in the NCAA tournament, you get a 12-13 seed, you pull a 12-5 upset, and a good draw in your quadrant, you can, this is a team that can go to the Sweet 16. Exactly. Exactly. And like, and this is, this is something that like, I saw tonight on Twitter, I think it was a sea of red. I can't remember exactly who, but somebody said like, Liberty's never lost to the same team twice in, in a Sun. Yeah, I believe that was from a sea of red. I saw that. So like, maybe it was Chad. So like that's something big to to look at like that that's never happened, um, 
So that gives it, that gives me some confidence going forward. Like obviously I, I'm honestly a little relieved that Queens did not win last night because that would have. I think, yeah, I, I agree. I, I would, I would a hundred percent agree. I think you played two tough games with Queens yeah. and you were playing close games with them until like the last 10 minutes of that game at home. I did not want to see them again. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. Yep. Like obviously I want Kennesaw out because I want to host the final, but like I would agree. I'll say this. Lipscomb's playing really good right now. Lipscomb is the best besides Liberty. <laughs> Lipscomb is playing the best basketball of any team in the ASUN right now. Exactly. And I I think they're beating Kennesaw. I do not think Kennesaw is going to win. I think it is going to be Lipscomb and Liberty in the final in Liberty Arena on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. And th- this is jumping into the next game now as we transition to Liberty versus Eastern Kentucky. Um, Eastern Kentucky beat Northern Alabama yesterday – uh, 73 to 48. So Eastern Kentucky's coming in off of a really dominant game. Now, granted, it's off, it's against a fairly poor North Alabama team. They've been play, they were, they were a little hot coming into the tournament. Yeah, um, I was going to say that North Alabama, they'd won something like, let me see, they, they'd won five straight. Yes. Uh, and then dropped two coming into the tournament. Yeah. So, like, so North Alabama, like, they, they had a run there, but like, they were on their decline again. Um, yeah. And b- because before that five win run game, they, they were under, they were just over 500. So they were, they're not a great mm-hmm. team. Um, respect what they did this year. They had a really good run um, there to, to, to be where they were for the Sun tournament. They played well mm-hmm. in their first game, obviously got a second game, but they just faced a better team. Cause I, I think Eastern Kentucky, honestly, I think Eastern Kentucky is the second best team in the conference. Behind Liberty, I think they're better than he, than Kennesaw. Um, I agree. So, I, but I think that brings, yeah, that brings. Uh, I think that shines a light on Liberty because yeah. Liberty they beat Eastern Kentucky by ten on their home floor, and they only lost to Eastern Kentucky by three at their place, and that was on your worst shooting game of the season. Yeah, like Liberty shot did not shoot well at all in that game. Um, they and, shot. Uh, they were 39% from the field in yeah. that game. And on top of that, that was Darius's one game where his hamstring really caused an issue. Yep. Um, he came into that game and I saw him taped up and I was confused and like he couldn't move. He came off in the first like 30 seconds because he couldn't mm-hmm. move. He did something to get back out there. He scored a little bit, helped the team a little bit, but like he just wasn't himself and they only beat Liberty by three. So yeah. Well, and if your your leading scorer in that game was Brody Peebles with 13, yeah. that again that's a depth game, uh, and you were in that game if you mm-hmm. hit a shot, yeah, yeah, any shot you were in that game. Exactly. So I am a little bit nervous about them just because they're coming off a good win, um, but that also sets you up for for a fall. But if they build on that win, it's going to be a tough game. The thing is, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough game because they're a good team, like. But I'm excited for the game because, like, I think I I know that Liberty's a better team. I know that they can beat them. Um, they've shown Liberty's it. Liberty's a better team, and I think the home court advantage that Liberty Arena gives you, Liberty Arena, in my opinion, is the best home court advantage in the A Sun, uh, outside of maybe Bellarmine or uh, Kennesaw. Yeah, I was gonna I, say I Kennesaw because because yeah, Bellarmine Bellarmine has some some shallow crowds sometimes, but but Kennesaw does have a really good court. And we saw that uh, when we played down there and lost, like that was a, yeah, that was a hard game. That that was their, that was their championship in the the regular season. Exactly. And, and see, that's, that's, that's been a trend with Liberty over the past few years. Like our first year in the ASUN, Lipscomb's championship was beating Liberty on Liberty's court. And then Mm -hmm. we, and then we beat them at their place twice. 
And then mm-hmm. the next year, like over and over again, we see this. Like last year, Jacksonville, their championship was beating us. Jacksonville yep. State last year, their championship was beating us. So like they had those letdowns because neither Jacksonville State or Jacksonville won the tournament last year. Right. And so um, and that's been a trend for the whole time we've been in the ASUN. So I think I, I don't think that Kennesaw is at that level. I don't I really don't think that Eastern Kentucky's at that level. I think I think Eastern Kentucky's championship was beating us at their mm-hmm. home court. Oh yeah, you saw that from their reaction in the locker room. Yeah, like exactly. they beat us on their own home floor and they're in the locker room like they just won the won the conference. Exactly. So I I, I think that Liberty has a chip on their shoulder for every single one of these teams. Oh, absolutely. Because we've lost it in the ship. We're not going to, we, we don't want to lose twice. So we've never done that. So yeah, I, w- I would agree. Yeah. So like, look, so looking in this matchup, um, let's get some, get some stats. So right now, Liberty is big favorites. Um, As they should be. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't think anyone's coming into Liberty arena and winning. Yeah, it's such a good home court advantage. The students were left a little bit to be desired against Bellarmine. I'm not going to lie; I, I tweeted about this. Uh, they were a bit late arriving, uh, yeah. but the, it did fill out. I think if you get everyone to actually show up, Liberty Arena is the best home court advantage in the oh, ASUN. Yeah. No one is winning on this court. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And the thing is, like, for big games, we like people show up. Like my mm-hmm. my favorite memory of Liberty basketball is. That nineteen, that 2019-2020 season, the last game in Vines, it was sold out. I, I legitimately might have seen five empty seats. Mm-hmm. Like for the big games, people show up. And I think if – I think as a Liberty like fan nation, like if we spread this, like there will yeah. be people show up. And I think that this game has been better spread on campus than the Bellarmine game was. Yeah, so I would agree. I think there's going to be a bigger showing there for the students, even. So, and I think it's better like later in the week. Tuesday night's probably not a great night. Some people responded to my tweet like, "Oh, Tuesday, <laughs> the students have stuff going on." Exactly. Uh, Thursday, they've been playing Thursday games all season. People have shown up. Uh, I believe the EKU game before was on a Thursday. People showed up. Yep. So, uh, yeah, like I said, expect the crowd to be there. No one is winning on this court with that crowd in a sold out arena. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, coming into the game, I think obviously the first person to look at is Devontae Blanton. Um, mm-hmm. He leads their team in points. He's scoring 16.4 points per game. He's shooting at the same clip as Darius at 44.9% from the field. Um, now, his free throw shooting is, is less than Darius because Darius is Darius, but um, mm-hmm. like he puts the heat, he, he will score for them. I think his. I think the last game they had here uh, against us, he had twenty four, twenty five. Like yeah, he, he had one less than Darius that night. So like he 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 can keep up with Darius on a good night. So mm-hmm. and I expect him to have a good night because of the tournament. Like the, the best players show yep. up for those nights. That's what we saw yesterday from Darius. So. Like we're going yeah, going back to the first game against them, he uh, gave you sixteen. Uh, you also got fifteen in that game from Cooper Rob, yeah. uh, who is another starter. They though are not as deep a team. They're getting like two or three from every other guy on their on the roster. Yep. Yep. So, so that's if you can lock down. I think those two. I think you give yourself a great chance to win. Yeah. Exactly. So. There's definitely a path to victory, um, and because we, like we've seen it before, like 
our guys showed up. Like the, the, the game that Liberty won against Eastern Kentucky at home, Kyle had 17, Darius had 28, Blake had 8, Colin had 11, Birdie had 12, Zay had 5. Zach mm-hmm. had two. Like we got scoring in double digits from multiple people, and I think I think that's the key to this Liberty team because yep. the one like the game against Kennesaw when Darius had forty three or forty five get a lot of scoring from everyone else. The only other guy in double digits was uh, um, was Kyle, and Kyle did that mm-hmm. in the last seconds. He had a nine, and then in the last seconds he hit a three to get twelve. Mm-hmm. So like the the rest of the game, there just wasn't like nobody else was helping him out. Um, so I think the key yeah. to this team, and, and it's what we talked about earlier with Colin taking that load, Brody scoring a little bit more, Blake stepping up and scoring a little bit more, like him scoring eight to ten like every night yeah. has been huge because he used to be a three to four point average. Absolutely, and like, and I think you're getting a lot from. I I loved mid season. They went from. Uh, Shiloh getting the starting nod to Blake. I think that's a much better move. Shiloh hasn't been playing well this season, in my opinion. I like the move to put Blake there. I know Shiloh's been getting a ton of minutes. I don't particularly like the way he's been playing. He's giving you two to four points a night, and I don't think he adds a whole lot on offense. Yeah, my thing is, is like, when they bench Shiloh, he had some good games right after scoring-wise. But defensively, mm-hmm. he's he's always been a little bit better than Blake. Because yeah. he's more athletic, he gets those blocks. And since they since he's been relegated to the to coming off the bench, which I love because it's been a it's been a rejuvenation for his life. Like I think since yeah. he got benched, he's been a better player. In one of his first games coming off the bench, he gave you twenty seven points. Yeah, exactly. Like he scored twenty seven. He's averaging more, like because he's like, Hey, like now he's not the starter. He's been a starter his whole career. Now he's mm-hmm. not the guy that's starting, so he's he's fighting for it a little bit more, and I think that's what he, he, he is fighting a little bit yeah, more. I that's just, what he needed. I think the offense. I'm much more offensive guy than defense. Just looking at the stats, I like Blake as like getting more minutes than Shiloh, and I think that should have been done a while ago. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing with McKay, and we love McKay. You love are McKay. you are not going to play for Coach McKay unless you can play defense. Yep. That's why some guys are transferred. Like Micaiah B, who was here last year, could not he was play defense. my de- favorite player last year. He <laughs> could not play defense. So yeah. he, he did not play. Like mm-hmm. that's why he got – like his first year, his freshman year, he had games that – he had a stretch of like five or six games where he was averaging 15, 16 a night. But he was such a liability on the defensive end because he didn't play it, he got benched. Mm-hmm. There, after that stretch of five games, he averaged like five minutes for the next ten because mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't performing on the defensive end. And, and so that's what I love about Coach McKay is because like here's the thing. Yes, you got to be able to score as well, but like if you're not going to play defense, you're not going to play for him. Yep. And I love that because and I and I I've, I live by this philosophy in every sport, defense wins championships. Yep. And that's why McKay is one of the best coaches. That's why we're consistently in the ASUN championship because we play that pack line defense so well because he coaches these guys to to perform in that. It it it's played well for most of the season. I think it let you down a little bit against Kennesaw, but yeah, I think you're absolutely games. right. I, yeah, there are games where that let let you down, but overall, you're absolutely right. That defense, yeah, you can look at offense all day. Defense is going to win you a championship at yep. the end of the day. 
and coming back to this game against Eastern Kentucky, uh, last time you played them, uh, Devontae Blanton went for uh, 26, and Tayshawn Comer went for 12. The rest of their guys, mm-hmm. uh, they're all in single digits. A uh, couple guys in their starting lineup went for seven. Uh, one of their guys uh, off the bench went for nine. You lock down those two that I first mentioned. Uh, I think that's a great recipe for success. And you, if, uh, I think coming in, yeah, Liberty is a better team. You lock down those two, you're going to win the game. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a yeah, even. I, I don't think. I, really, I don't think EKU is going to make it close. I think Liberty is going to win this game by 15, 20 points. Yeah, I think the big thing with their big guys because their big guys are Cozart and Capiti. Um, mm-hmm. They can Capiti score. Came off the bench last time we played them. Yeah, he uh, did. Yeah, Cozart starts and Capiti comes off the bench, but Capiti had mm-hmm. a little run there where he scored seven straight for them. Um, cause yep, I, remember, I remember on the broadcast rewatching it that the Eastern, that, um, somebody said that we couldn't stop, stop Capiti. No, it wasn't on the broadcast. It was, uh, their barstool tweeted us saying mm-hmm. Liberty can't stop Capiti, but he did have a seven points in a row for them in a stretch yep. where we score. I don't think we scored any in that stretch. That was the four minute stretch during that game where we didn't score. Um, mm-hmm. so like Capiti, I've seen Capiti. Like he's he's a good player, but I'll say this: like we have to attack them the same way we did in the last game. We got both of them, and we got both of them in foul trouble, so they had to. Yeah, I remember that. I do. I do remember had, that. They had to be less aggressive. I think that has to be done because when they're scoring and can be aggressive, that frees up the guards even more. Like Blanton and Comer can have a bigger night if those guys can be aggressive. So we have to attack. Those guys again. And then honestly, like since since that Eastern Kentucky game and like we've seen we've seen Zay do it all year. Like Zay's stepped up on uh, to another level in ISO and one on one. I'd love to I, I'd love to see J V and Zay on Blanton all night, shutting him yeah. down. Absolutely. Um yeah, I think you lost my train of thought there. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to uh, the game last night, I think if you shoot as well as you shot last night, you're going to oh, yeah. be there. Because even, even in the last win against Eastern Kentucky, you shot 34% from three, which is not great. Darius was four for 12 from three in that game, last, yeah. uh, the last game against Eastern Kentucky. And you got you still got a 10-point win out of that. Yep. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a clear path to success um, because the guys are playing well. They're motivated. Dude, the boys are buzzing. Yeah. I, here's the thing. As much as not beating Kennesaw sucks, and in, in, in the fact that like we're not the one seed, that mm-hmm. win I think woke this team up because even when Darius had his off night against Queens, mm-hmm. we were still leading at half because the guys were like, "Hey, we can't play like that defensively again." Right, exactly. Because if we're not hitting, then people are going to beat us. So because there are going to be nights where you're not going to shoot 100, percent but if you play defense at that high level, it doesn't matter as much. So mm-hmm. I think that woke the team up defensively and that it's been cool. It's been fun to watch since that game because they have been on a mission. So, yeah, like I said earlier in the program, they are in, they're in this to win this. They, the heartbreak of the loss last year against Bellarmine lit a fire in all of them, especially Darius. The boys do not want to go home in the ace on tournament. This exactly. Year. Exactly. So yeah, um, now that we've talked about this a, a, a bit, let's get into uh, some score predictions, and then we'll talk about so like 
who for for you we're, we're going to not focus on Darius because we know Darius is going to have a great night. But absolutely, can you give me an estimated stat line on how many how many points, how many steals, and how many assists Colin Porter will have? All right, I think. I think he's going to have a pretty good night. Like, looking at the last time we played him, he went for 11, three steals, four assists. That's a pretty good night. He added uh, six rebounds to that. I would say uh, it's, it's going to be pretty similar. Um, last night he went for 11, again, a steal and assists and four rebounds. It, it's he, He's been playing really consistently all year, and you know exactly what you're going to get from him. Yep. I, I'm going to stick with that. I think he's going to give you around 12 points. Uh, six rebounds and uh, steal something just in my ESPN app. Just started something playing in my ear. Um, <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, I, I was talking and something ad on my ESPN app just started blasting in my okay, ear. Real quick, real quick. I'm going to pause so that we can edit that out and then re okay. add another part. Yeah, I think Colin Porter's going to give you around 12 points. To, it, he's been playing really consistently all year. He's going to give you 12 points, two steals, six rebounds. Uh, just his game. Uh, I was talking to some guys that were sitting behind me. They're like, oh, yeah, Colin Porter's going to take over Darius's role next year. He's not. He's not the shooter that Darius no. is. He has his role, and he's going to play it really well. He might add a few more points next year, but his role, he's been playing it really well this year. Love the true freshman starting at point guard. He's really just a court general, brings everyone on the team together, and that's why they've been had been so much more successful this year than they were last year. Yeah, exactly. So what's your what's your uh, final score prediction? Uh, final score of the game, I'm going to go Liberty 85, Eastern Kentucky 71. All right, all right. So I'm going to give you a prediction on Brody. Um, I think Brody's going to go off. He's due for a big game. And, he is due for a big game. And in the past couple games, he's been so close on some threes. I think he's I think he's going to put it together. He's going to drain a few threes, get back to where he was shooting at the beginning of the season at over mm-hmm. a 50% clip. Um, I think he's going to go for either 17 or 20, depending yeah. on one or, one or one or two threes difference. Um and then I think he's gonna I think he's gonna give you probably two or three charges taken. When 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 Brody is playing good defense, he is taking charges. Um mm-hmm. and I think he's I gonna think that's go, what this this team does that really well. Like yeah, everyone exactly. on this team. Exactly. Zay, J V So yeah, I do think it's going to depend on how many minutes he's get, getting. Like I said earlier, he's not getting as many minutes this season as I thought he would be. Like, going into this season, I thought he was going to be like a surefire starter. He has yeah. played his role when he's been on the floor pretty well. He's just been, been getting so limited minutes that yeah. I am unsure what to think. So if he's getting enough minutes, like last time we played Eastern Kentucky, he went for 15 minutes and he gave you 12 points, which is really pretty good. Uh, but if yeah, it's going to depend entirely on how many minutes he gets. Yeah, I agree. But I think he's going to put it together and he's going to earn those minutes tomorrow. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll throw in uh, four rebounds because he does get after the rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then my final score prediction, I don't think Liberty's going to score as many as you, you were saying. I, th- I think Liberty's going to score 73-74, but I think they're going to hold um, – Eastern Kentucky to right at 50. They're going to be 50 or 51 mm-hmm. points. Um, so I'm going to say 74 to uh, 50 because I, th- I think yeah. they're going to be there for defense. So 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that that would be a much more defensive game. Uh, yeah, the last time you played Eastern Kentucky, you beat them eighty three seventy three. Yep. The first time again was a three point loss, fifty nine sixty two. So it it could it could go either way. Yeah. That it could. That it could. So. Well, that I think will wrap us up. So thank you for listening to this first episode of Into the Furnace. Uh, a couple things coming up. Um, we're going to have another episode about the championship game. If when, when Liberty lit wins tomorrow, when Liberty, when wins. Liberty wins tomorrow, we're going to have another episode coming out before the championship game. And then after the championship game, um, with March Madness, we'll cover Liberty's games in the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And then after they're done playing, we're going to do an end-of-season recap, talk talk uh, um, superlatives um, and, like, team awards. And then looking at the history, we're probably going to do a big segment on Darius just because of his impact mm-hmm. for the program. Um, and then – We'll get into recruiting and stuff as the as the year goes on. So, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening.